Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Everybody excited to be in church today? Yes. Happy to be in church today? Yes. <laughs> counting, counting on God to do something, right? Yes. Amen. Well, we're, let's get in the Word together. Let's trust God. Uh, join your faith with me, Father God. We just ask that you help us today in this service, Lord, that you give utterance and revelation and anointing, Lord, that everybody, everything would be a word from you, not a word from man, Lord, and that we, we say we will be good receivers with open hearts, Lord, to hear your word and to, to expect change in our lives, Lord, and to see new and better things, Lord. And as we hear your word, we, we promise to do it by faith. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. You guys are quiet today. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's open up to Second Peter, first chapter, and let's see what God has to say. Amen. You know, I, uh, a lot of people think you come up here and you practice your sermons, but you don't. You know what? <laughs> You get the words that God tells you. You put the word, you put the verses down, and then God, you count on God, or it's going to be really bad. <laughs> Amen. So I'm I'm really counting on God every time I step out of that chair over this way. I'm really counting on God. So uh, count on Him with me, and He's a good God. He'll minister something good to us if if we're willing to listen. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I remember one time I was uh, there was a movie out, and it really wasn't a good movie, but it had some scripture in it. And somebody, I forget who, had asked my mom, she said, uh, they said, well, you people shouldn't be watching that movie. And she goes, well, let's just believe that the one scripture in it will get in their heart. Amen? Because that's what we're counting on. Amen? And uh, the Word of God is powerful if we'll receive it. Glory to God. Second Peter 1 says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. According as His divine power has given, us, given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that have called us to glory and virtue. <laughs> they okay back there? Good news, the Word will fix that. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. According He has given us, love will always fix it. Thank you, Lord. So love on Him real good. According to His divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who's called us unto glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. You know, God just doesn't give you promises. He gives you exceeding great and precious promises. Amen. So if you were just looking for a promise... Don't just look for a promise in the Bible because there aren't any. There's exceeding great and precious promises. When you look for something from God, don't look for the ordinary. Look for the extraordinary because it's going to be above and beyond anything you could ask or imagine. Amen? And He gives exceeding great and precious promises. Why does He give them? That by these we might be partakers of the divine nature. Glory to God, having escaped... The corruption that is in the world through lust. How many like to be a partaker of the divine nature? You know, so many people that say, yeah, I want to I partake of everything that God has for me. Well, this is talking about taking on His characteristics. Not just partaking of the healing that's already there, the peace and the joy, but literally taking on the characteristics of God, the nature of our Father. Amen? You know, I remember when we, were, we first were working on the church in Florida, we had a gator in the back pond. <laughs> and, uh, and actually, it was at where we were uh, staying at night. There was a gator in the pond there. And the guys started feeding it. <laughs> they would throw, like, our extra pizza and stuff. I didn't go out there because I don't like gators. I could Anything that has teeth like that don't need to smile at me. <laughs> Amen? And... Uh, and they were, so every night that gator would come up towards the house because they knew, it knew after a bit that there was going to be pizza or marshmallows or something out there. <laughs> Amen. And those signs that say don't feed the gators are for real. They really don't want you to feed the gators. And the reason they don't want you to is because you might think they're getting to be your pet. <laughs> but they're not. They just as soon eat your hand as that pizza 
no matter how much pizza you give them. Because it's not in their nature to be nice. And that's what Brother Morse said. You can never trust an alligator. He said, he doesn't, he doesn't care how sweet they walk up to you. If you reach your hand down there, they're going to bite it. Because by nature, that's who they are. Amen? And by nature, before we were saved, we were just like the alligator. <laughs> yeah. Okay, by nature, before I was saved, I was just like the alligator. You know, I might be nice to get something. But as soon as you get what you want, you want more. Why? Because the flesh and the nature of the flesh is selfish. It's not, it's not there. And if, you, know, you can say, man, that person is one of the best people I know. they got a great heart. They don't know the Lord. But boy, they sure got a good heart. You know, there are some people like that. But if they don't know the Lord, they have a place where they'll bite your hand. Amen? You can't trust a gator. And so, <laughs> okay. How many of you weren't trustworthy before you got saved? Your flesh, your flesh wanted its way. Better, better yet, we still have to put that flesh under daily. Because your flesh still wants its way. It still wants, you know, you can even go to somebody who knows the Scripture who's walking in their flesh, and they'll say, well, yeah, I know that, but. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the uh, national answer for I don't want to hear you. Yeah, I know that, but is the answer for I don't want to hear what you're saying. God's heard it many times. Sure, God, that's you. <laughs> right? You guys are quiet this morning. Everybody remember the parable of the frog and the scorpion? Hmm? This is the, huh? the frog and the scorpion on the bank, and the scorpion says, let me on your back so we can go across the pond. And the frog says, oh, no, I can't do that. If I put that on my back, you'll sting me, and uh, we'll both drown. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. That's what he said, because I would drown, too. If I stung you, we, I, I'd drown, too. And uh, the frog goes, huh, well, that's true. Well, maybe, maybe he's changed his colors. And uh, so he lets a scorpion on his back, and they start their way across the pond, about halfway across the pond. Scorpion stings the frog. Frog feels, you know, he's dying now. And with his last breath, he looks up and he says, why? And the scorpion says, that's just my nature. <laughs> right? We got too many people in this world, Christians included, that are saying, that's okay, that's just who I am. And guess what? It's not okay because we're a partaker of a divine nature. We don't have to be led by our flesh anymore. We now have a new leading. How many, you know, I find, I was praying this morning and I, I told God, I said, you know, I find too often I'm not being spirit led. And, you know, a lot of Christians are saying, what, Dave? You know, I find too often we're all not being spirit led. You know, it's easy to be spirit led in church. You know, but being spirit led means to always. Think and have the very nature of God in the forefront of your thinking, of, of your not. It's what, it's what you begin to do by nature. The more you walk in the Spirit, the more by nature you'll answer like God, you'll act like God, you'll do the things that God would do. Amen? And as a partaker of His divine nature, then we should grow in this. And that's what it's saying at the start of this. He's saying, by, by growing in the knowledge of God, we grow in the grace and the peace that's multiplied to us, but we also grow in His divine nature. It enables us in His divine nature. Think about this. Many people don't want to know how good God is. Why? Because a lot, lot of people say, I just wish they'd beat me and get it over with. Right? Because they'd rather just get the punishment and go on, or rather than be condemned. And you've got people that are condemned, but God's not going to beat them and, and go on. God's going to love them and direct them and try to get them to a new and higher level. Amen? And they're saying, well, if I could just get out of this condemnation, if He'd just do something to me wrathful, He's not going to do anything to you wrathful. You're not a child of wrath any longer. You're a child of grace. And you're not appointed unto wrath. Amen? So if you're waiting for God to do something wrathful to you, it's not going to happen. Right? <laughs> You mean he won't punish you? No, he'll let, you'll punish yourself. 
God doesn't have to punish people. They punish themselves all the time. Amen? Because when they're outside of His Word, outside of His will, they're in eternal punishment. <laughs> it's when we get inside His will and His Word that we're in eternal grace. Thank you, Lord. And we have now in us a divine nature. We have the grace of God in us, and we have the ability to act within this nature all the time. We don't have to sting the frog. A lot of people say, because see, a lot of people, when you tell that, that parable, or that fable, not a parable, fable, they say, yeah, I don't want to be that frog. I'm going to watch all those people. I ain't just letting somebody on my back. No. Look at it from the other side. Don't be the scorpion. We don't have to have any time say, that's just my nature. That's just who I am. We got people that are of a, a particular, uh, not race, uh, cultures, whatever. And they'll say, well, I just get mad because my people are mad people. <laughs> no. You're now of a divine nature. Your people are God people. Amen. If you used to have a bad temper, you don't got to have one anymore. If you used to be someone that was shallow and self-centered, we don't have to be that. And guess what? If you weren't, when you were, weren't saved, you were a shallow, self-centered person. It's just true. The flesh is shallow and self-centered. It is after what it can have for itself. It's looking for what's in it for me. It's the flesh. It's not going to change. It is the scorpion. If you think you can do it without God, you're wrong. Without the love of God in you, you, cannot, you don't have another nature. There's not three natures. There's not the sin nature and this fleshly nice nature and God nature. There's no such thing as a fleshly nice nature. I don't, you meet the nicest person in the world that don't know God, and they will bite you eventually. You will offend them. They will turn their back with, on you. But even in the church... You know, I was naive when I first came here because I thought, you know, all Christians, they were just nice to each other all the time. You know, I taught Bible studies and they started being mean to me because they didn't like what I said. And you find that people get offended at you. And not only do they get offended at you, they quit talking to you forever. You know, in my family, you could stop talking to somebody for a little while. But you're still a brother or a sister, and guess what? It's going to be over with, so you might as well start talking again. Amen? You could get mad for a little bit, but you might as well get over it. But man, I had people get and they'd leave. And I'm like, God, that's just not right. Even if I was wrong, for them to get that mad and that upset that they go away mad at you and stay mad at you the next time you see them in the mall at Christmas time, <laughs> and you can tell they're mad at you. Amen? That's not okay. Right? We're not going to be that way, right? It, when, when we're led by the Spirit of God, we partake of the divine nature of God, and we begin to react in that divine nature. And then when we see that person in the mall, even though we know they're mad, we make it a point to hug them. And it makes them matter. Right? Because it makes you mad when you're mad and somebody loves you because it's easier for them just to be mad at you. Right? It's really hard to be mad at somebody that doesn't reciprocate with mad. Right? When you, when you give love to someone that's mad at you, it's going to do one or two things. It's either going to make them more mad or it's going to heal them. Depending on what, what position they choose to be in. Amen? You guys still with me? But we don't have to walk in the flesh. We, we have now the opportunity, because of His great power, He's given us everything for life and godliness. Godliness is God-likeness. In other words, it's reacting like God in every situation at any time. It's the very nature of God in you, in me. Amen? It's quiet. This is a quiet service today. We're going to have the quiet service. That's all right. I've been loud most of my life, so... Look at Romans 8. The flesh has its own nature. And the flesh and our carnal nature cares about itself. Amen? It cares about, well, I, uh, I wanted it this way. It wasn't that way. Therefore, I'm going to be angry. How many know that can happen in church? 
How many know it must happen a lot in church because I get calls and emails? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You know all those nasty grams that Brother Moore talks about? Usually they come to me first. Amen? <laughs> or Miss Jan to me, and then I get to see them. Either way, people get upset if it's not their way. And that doesn't make... That doesn't make God's word change, and it's not going to make getting upset is not going to change. I'll guarantee you, it will not change what Brother Moore teaches. Doesn't matter how many people. That's one of the things I've always looked at with him and Miss Phyllis. They're going to teach the word of God the way God shows it to them, and if people get mad, they're going to love them and hope that they get it. Amen. And that's what we want to do. In our flesh, we don't care. Don't get me wrong; they care if people leave. They care a whole lot, but they know they just left the very thing that can fix them. So they can't, they cannot go and coddle them and get them to come back for the wrong reason. Amen. It's the word of God. If if you've ever noticed, everything he gives out from this pulpit, he has a word first, then he then he talks about it. Amen. Glory to God. Romans eight, verse five. It says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, and they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. Verse 6 says, to be carnally minded <laughs> is death. Well, you guys are quiet. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life. Again, it's that same kind of life he's talking about in First Peter there. Life and peace. Amen. So the people who are of the flesh are minding the things of the flesh. In other words, your flesh wants its way. Your flesh is saying, what's in it for me? Why didn't they do it for me? Why can't I have it? Huh? They had no right. Anybody got any other ones? (laughs) Nobody wants to say? Huh? Your flesh is looking out for number one. That's what it says, man. You've got to look out for number one in this world because ain't nobody going to help you. That is not in the Bible. <laughs> Nowhere. And it says to look out for others, is what the Bible says. So the flesh is completely contrary to the Word of God. Where the, where the flesh says, look out for numero uno, the fle- the God says, you're at least number three. <laughs> at least. And probably four. Right? <laughs> Four for sure. God, family, others, you. Right? Your flesh don't like to hear that. Your flesh says, you know, the flesh says, well, you know, to get, to get, you got to give. You got to give a little to get a little. No. No. That's not a scripture. Right? Is Robert in here? Robert, you in here? Good. He can be mad at me later then. The other day we were talking. I was saying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he loves me. Robert's loved me for a long time. But we were talking, and he said, and we were talking about respecting others. And he said, well, you know, that, that, that comes with respect towards you. I go, no, it doesn't. And that just came out of me. I'm like, no, respect doesn't come with respect. Respect is to be given because you're supposed to give it. Respect is to be given out of love. All the gifts of love do not require anything to reciprocate back to them. Amen? All the gifts of love are to be given at no charge. Right? We, we want to charge for our gifts. We want to say, well, I'll do this for you if you'll do this for me. No, love doesn't do that. God died, Jesus died for you when you were His enemy. Brother Moore talked about it Friday night. Amen? Love does not require anything from the other person. Love gives. Amen? Without any requirements. And, and if we begin to do things like that, that is spiritual. The other way is contrary to the Spirit. It says, you've got to do something for me before I'll even think about doing something for you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And that, because if you do that, you'll never help the poor. Right? Yeah. Well, they're just not doing enough. Well, now I'm not talking about the church, by the way, for everybody that just in their spirit said, well, I'm the poor, why ain't the church helping me? I said, you will never help the poor. If you'll read the Bible, it says you, and it talks about individuals helping others. It's, you know, people got this idea that every time you got a problem, you come to church. No. Boy, that wasn't popular. <laughs> no. No. There, you should come to the people 
at the church, your faith buddies, your people that you know, people that will build you up. And Yeah. Right. right. I don't see in the book of Acts where it said they set up a counseling tent. <laughs> okay, we'll go on. <laughs> Nobody's going to like that. I better find a different message. <laughs> to be carnally minded is death. To be carnally minded is to always think somebody owes you something. That's death. That, that's not, see, that's what God was saying. I'm not trying to get you to do these things. You know, people say, well, Jesus got mad. Yeah, what did Jesus get mad about? He got mad at ungodly people for stealing God's people's offerings. Yeah, you can't buy your offering and take it to the temple and it'd be okay. That's why He chased them out. He chased out the money changers because they were selling offerings. They may have been selling a lot of other things, but why did they have lambs and pigeons and stuff like that there? Huh? Because that was the offering. And they were stealing people's, they were stealing God's ability to get to people because He gets to you through your offerings. So yeah, Jesus got mad, but it doesn't say that He, he went three or four days and was grumpy about it. Right? See, our flesh will get mad and we'll go sit and sulk for three or four days. And then if somebody brings it up, oh, don't bring that up. You're just going to make me mad again. Well, sure they are. You never got rid of it in the first place. Our godly nature forgives. We have a godly nature in us that if we will be after the Spirit, we'll mind the things of the Spirit. The things of the Spirit are forgiveness. The things of the Spirit are kindness. The things of the Spirit cast off the things of the flesh. Amen? And it gives us ability and God ability in our life. Every person in here that's born again has the very nature of God inside them. And we have the ability to answer God-like answers to every situation, question, and circumstance. We have that ability. But we also have the ability not to. Right? How many know you still got flesh? Right? You can feel it when you're sitting in line too long. Right? Starts at your toes and starts working up. Huh? Yeah. How many know you got flesh? You can feel it when somebody starts saying something you don't like and it's like a cheese grating. It's grating you. Amen? But we've got the Spirit of God so we can cast that off at any time we feel it. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's when it's time to walk in the Spirit. You don't re- when you're not having any, any pressure against you or anything going on in your life, you say, man, I did a good spirit walk today. Well, sure you did. Right? Faith ain't faith until it has something come against it. Right? Love is not love. It's easy to love everyone who's loving you back. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said any, even the publicans can love, love people who love them. Right? Love is at its finest when somebody comes up and tests it. That's when the Spirit of God comes up in you and you walk away if you have to. Or you smile, or you love them, or you, or you say, you know what, I don't know that you're right, but I'm not going to sit around and argue with you today. Let's find something we agree on. Right? Love will, love will go the distance, and it, it, it by nature is contrary to everything your flesh wants to say. What you need to do is when you get mad, everything you think, put it in a big ball and set it over to the side and say, now I'm not going to think that. And I'm not going to say that. And then go to the Word of God and look how Jesus reacted to things. Look how God reacts to you. Amen? He reacts in grace. Right? The flesh is Esau. Right? Esau. What did Esau do? He, he goes out in the woods, and man, he's hungry. He's so hungry that he, he's got to have something to eat. And Jacob, man, he's cooking stew. Why? Because he knows Esau's going to be hungry. What? You, th- you, think, you think the devil don't know your flesh? Huh? He, he'll put right in front of you the very thing that will trip you up the easiest. Right? He's a dumb devil. He, he doesn't have intricate ideas. He just goes to your easiest and weakest point, and he puts that right in front of you. Right? And so Esau comes in, and man, he's, he's hungry. And, and Jacob says, 
Yeah, I got stew, man. Esau says, yeah, that looks good. He says, how about your birthright for that? How about the blessing of the Lord for a bowl of soup? Yeah, that's a, that'll test your flesh real quick, especially if you're an eater like me. You know, I'd have reasoned it out. I'm like, ah, I'd probably get the blessing and eat the soup. <laughs> no, you can't get the blessing and eat the soup. Right? But your flesh would try to reason it out. Esau's flesh didn't even try to reason it out. He says, what good's a birthright if I'm going to die of starvation? He obviously wasn't going to die. We used to say that when we were little kids. Mom, I'm starving to death. I'm starving to death. She'd say, you're not, you're starving. First of all, she'd correct you. say, you'll starve to life, if anything. <laughs> but she said, you'll, you know, but because you're not even really that hungry. You don't even know hunger. Right? Most people in America don't know hunger. But Esau wasn't that hungry, but, but for a bowl of soup would give away the blessing of God. That's the flesh. Right? That's the flesh. That's the spirit that God hated when He said, I hated Esau and I love Jacob. Ja- <laughs> right? Jacob represented the grace of God. Right? How many know that? Jacob represented the grace of God. He was, he was given something that wasn't his. He got undeserved favor and, and got brought to a place he shouldn't have been. Amen? Esau represented the law. He should have gotten the birthright. The legally, Esau should have gotten everything, and he represented the law. God does not like the law. <laughs> he likes that the law has been perfected. God likes to give grace. Right? What's it say? It says, before they were even born. I don't know why we're going off in this, but we're going to go off in it. Before Esau and Jacob were even born... God said the younger will, the older will serve the younger. What was he saying? He's saying it's not going to be the way of the law. The law says this is what should happen. It's going to be the way of grace. Right? And that's what he said right there. He separated the law from grace right there. Right? We're under grace. We have the grace of God in us, which is the ability to act in His nature. Why? Because it's the love and the favor of God. Amen? And, and he says it can be multiplied. It doesn't just say you can just have... He says grace and peace be multiplied. Why? By your knowledge of Him. What, what do you have a knowledge of? Your knowledge of His love. Your knowledge of His goodness. Your knowledge of His kindness. Your knowledge of how He would act. Not how you would act as we increase in our knowledge of who God is and how He reacts. And because right after he talks about that in Romans 9, he says, he says, because I'll have mercy on who I'll have mercy. What's he saying? He's saying grace gives me the ability to have mercy on whoever I want to. Amen? When we have that same grace, we can have mercy how God has mercy. When people say, they don't deserve mercy, you say, I'll have mercy on who I want. Why? Because God has mercy on everyone. Amen? And through His divine nature, we can partake of this. We can, we can react to every situation in a way that you never thought you could. You can walk out of a room. I was in a situation, I know I told this story, but I was in a situation just recently where I was aggravated that I even had to do it. And God said, if you'll just walk in there in my love... I'll change the atmosphere. Now, it's sad that he had to tell me that. Thank God he did. He's merciful. He had mercy on whom he'd have mercy. And I happened to be that one that day. And I fought with it a little while. I'm like, that can't be God. He don't have anything to do with it. God has everything to do with everything that you'll get him involved in. Amen? And so I made up my mind that my flesh was not going to lead me that day and that I was going to walk in there in the power of God's love if I said nothing else except a smile and a hug. Something was going to be different when I left. And by golly, God took that whole situation allowed me to minister to a secretary. (laughs) Just the love of God. And, And the whole situation turned within ten minutes from where it was to a different place. Not because I said anything great or I was anything great, because the love of God is good. And when we, when we will refuse the flesh 
and walk after the Spirit, God can do things in situations that you thought you would have nothing to do with. You're just an innocent bystander. Christians are never an innocent bystander. You are always a blessing and a victory going somewhere to happen. Amen? You're never anywhere by accident. And if you got there the wrong way, God will still use you to fix things on your way back to where you're supposed to be. He will. If you'll humble yourself and say, God, I missed it. Can I do something for you while I'm here? Amen? Man, we've gotten through the whole first page. Glory to God. To be carnally minded is death. It's not just death to you, it's death to the situation. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. When we walk into a situation, life and peace can happen. Amen? When we go somewhere, we can change the atmosphere. Right? Or we can be carnally minded. And you won't change the atmosphere. Carnally minded doesn't change anything. Death is what happens without God. Right? Death doesn't need any help to happen. Right? Death is merely what happens without God. Any situation that God's not involved in, death is at work. Amen? So we are going to be what? Spiritually minded. We're going to be full of grace. We're going to be full of peace. We're going to have life and God-likeness. People say, wow, we can't be like God. It says right here we can. It says we can have the very divine nature of Him. We already have it. It's just a question of whether we'll use it. Right? Every situation we have, we have a choice. We have an option. You know, that's why... I was talking to somebody recently about people deciding, you know, they could go to church here or not go to church and get enough word elsewhere or, or just, you know what, my family's first, things like that. That's just not true. You need to keep your kids in church. You know what it does? If they hear nothing else, they hear the option of God every week. People say, well, they're just sitting here like this and they're all unhappy and they hate going to church. I just don't want them to go. If they're gonna... They get the option to do the right thing every week. You know what's in the world? The option to do the wrong thing every day. You got people that will justify doing the wrong thing. They'll talk you into doing the wrong thing and make it sound so right that it's the right thing. Right? The Word of God and the goodness and the grace of God give you the option to do the right thing in every situation. Why? Because it gives you a nature that you don't have without Him. Amen? But when you're born again, you take on the very nature of God. And the opportunities are now there to be God in every situation. How many know when Jesus walked into a situation, He was God? And how many know that when He left this earth, He said, you do what I did? He wasn't just talking about laying hands on the sick and having them be whole. He was talking about walking into situations where peace wasn't and peace be. Amen? You know, people, they just want to lay hands and see miracles, and that's great. What about getting to somebody where they don't need a miracle every day? <laughs> a miracle is not God's best because you needed a miracle. Right? His best is life and godliness. His best is to walk in the very nature of Him. And by doing so, did you ever hear of a day where Jesus woke up and they said, How are you doing today? I got a little scratchy throat. You know, I think the flu may be coming on. He didn't even get concerned. He didn't, he, he didn't get up and say, I've got to stand against sickness today. He stood against it every day of his life by the grace of God. He believed that what God had him to do, he was going to do, and God would take care of everything within him so that he could complete the work that God gave him to do. And being well was one of those things. Guess what? Being well for you is one of those things. God's designed for you to be well so that you can complete the work that He has for you to do. Right? We're designed to be well. We're created to be well. The very nature of God is well. Right? No sickness in God's nature. He has no sick nature. He doesn't wake up and say, I don't really feel that great today. He feels great every day. And he don't wake up because he never sleeps. And he just feels great all the time. You, well, I didn't get any sleep. I don't feel good. God never sleeps and feels good every day. And we have His nature in us. 
So if we have to lose a little sleep for him, you think we can do it? I mean, I remember the first, uh, probably first or second Branson Victory campaign, man. I was walking around like, boy, this serving God's hard. You don't eat, you don't sleep, you got to run, you got to fetch, you got to do whatever they say. Why? My vision was blurred. Why? It was carnal vision. You want to have carnal vision? It's like tunnel vision, only it's worse. And all I could see was me, me, me. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. Why do I got to do this? Why do I wonder why they do it this way. Why, why do we need to know why God does everything the way He does it? If we, the only reason you need to know is if you don't believe He's good. That's the only reason you need to know. Like when you say, God, why are we going this direction? He's saying, why? Don't you trust me? He's God. Whatever direction it is, it's going to be good and it's going to be right. Amen? He's never, he's never messed up. Did I say turn somewhere? We're still in Romans, aren't we? It says, verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It, oh, yuck, I don't want to be enmity. I don't, I don't want to be an enmity, enemy or an enmity. Do you? Whatever enmity is. Doesn't even sound good, does it? Right? You wouldn't want somebody naming you that. For it is not subject to the law of God, and neither, and, and neither indeed can be. Amen? We, in other words, the carnal mind doesn't even take it into account. Right? It doesn't take right and wrong into account. Why? Because it's what's right for me. You can see it in the world today. If you look at the world today, they don't take right and wrong into account. It's all subjective. Right? It says, well, thou shalt not lie. Well, you know, that's not really what it means. What, what are they really saying? Well, I need to lie. <laughs> Ooh, we better get off that one, huh? <laughs> Carnal mind is enmity against God. And then, then in verse 8, it, it sums it all up. It says, so then, they that are the flesh cannot please God. In other words, they'll not walk after the Spirit. They'll not walk in love. Therefore, they'll never use faith. Therefore, they can never please God. Amen? Because the flesh will not walk in the love of God. The flesh only walks in the love of itself. It's self-love. It's what works best for me. And it, and it is the spirit that is rampant in the world today. What's it called? Antichrist. It was in the world when Jesus left. John wrote about it. And it's still in the world today. What is that spirit? It's a spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ as Lord. What's it saying? It says there's other ways. Whatever's best for me is a better way. Right? It's the flesh. It's the spirit of the flesh. It is anti-Christ. It is anti-anointed. And it will not confess Jesus Christ as Lord because it wants its own way. Amen? We don't have that here, do we? We have the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. We better, I better find a place to go to it, too. Let's see. Let's go to uh, go to Second Corinthians five. We'll 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 breeze by there. We talked about being carnally seeing carnally carnal carnal vision. God said there's a new way of seeing. He said there's a different way of seeing, and he talked about being a new creation in verse seventeen. But the verse above it says so in the and I believe this is NIV. It says so from now on. Uh, verse Second uh, Corinthians five sixteen. It says, so then, no, that's Romans 8, 8. That's a great verse, though, thanks. <laughs> so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. In other words, he's saying you're a new creature. Quit looking at things from a worldly point of view. you got a new nature, right? you got a new nature in you. You don't have to see a fight as a fight that somebody has to win. Right? You can walk in and judge any situation because you are walking in love. <laughs> right? Amen. You judge it righteously. Yes. What? Well, Jesus said, I can judge. Right? Because I judge righteously. You now have the ability in, to judge. It's not, it's not to judge the person, judge a situation. You judge the person, the person died for, Jesus died for them. Yes. You just judge them. God loves them. Jesus died for them. He's got a good plan for them. That's how you judge every person. No matter what they did, no matter how bad your flesh thinks that whatever they did is wrong. 
Right. Yeah, if they stole your cookies in kindergarten. Right? Doesn't matter. You got to forgive them. It says, no, don't regard anyone from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we know we do it no longer. Therefore, if anyone is Christ, is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. What are you saying? The new nature. If anyone be in Christ, if we walk in the Spirit, we have a new nature. That's not just a salvation verse. That is a live every day verse. We are a new creature in Christ, created in His image. Right? Not just to look like Him, to do like Him. Right? It's not enough to look like someone. If you want to be like them, you have to act like them. It doesn't matter if you looked exactly like them. If you were completely opposite in your actions, then you're nothing like them. Right? (laughs) We have the nature of God. So guess who we're like? We're like God. We're like the Father. Amen? It It says in that same chapter we were just in that we've received the spirit of adoption. We don't we don't have a spirit of bondage. We've received the spirit of adoption. We are literally adopted into the kingdom of God and he is now our father and he get, he not only gives you his name, he gives you his nature. So now we have the name of God and the nature of God and the ability of God through his grace. Glory to God. Can we make a difference in the world that way? Yes, but we must we must spend all of our time satisfying the fle- not the flesh, the, <laughs> the Spirit. Not the flesh. Amen? Glory to God. We're going to have to skip through a whole bunch of these notes. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, verse 1. It says, "...in you He made alive..." Put this up in the Amplified. "...in you He made alive when you were dead, slain in your trespasses and sin." What's He saying? When he, you He made alive when you were completely contrary to Him. When you were his enemy, when everything you did graded him. But he went ahead and made you alive. It says you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which at one time you walked habitually. What's what's he saying? By nature. By very nature of who you were, you walked this way. You were following the course and the fashion of this world. We're under the sway and the tendencies of this present age. If you don't know Jesus, this is what you are. Everything that's happening can sway you and, and, and take you a direction. But when you have the Spirit of God in you, you have the ability to follow Jesus. You have the ability to follow God. You have the ability when everyone else is going this way, you say, no, that's not right. And you go this way. Amen. And you have the ability to not care that they're making fun of you for doing it. Amen? Amen. And if they say, well, why'd you do that? Because Jesus said to. God, the Holy Spirit told me to. And I'm following the Spirit. And they'll find out soon why you did it, because the direction you went will be the right way. And good things will be happening over there. It says you were following the prince of the power there. You were obedient to and under control of, and I don't know about the demon spirit, but the spirit, the flesh is what I would call it. It probably is a demon spirit. doesn't mean you're demon-possessed, by the way. (laughs) That's still constantly at work in who the sons of disobedience. Who are the sons of disobedience? They're not people who are out disobeying. They're people who aren't saved. In other words, they haven't become obedient to the grace of God. Right? You can be obedient to your flesh, or you can be obedient to God. And you can receive His grace, and you can begin to walk in the multiplied grace and peace as you gain knowledge and more and more knowledge of Him. That's why Paul said, I want to know Him, and I want to know the power of His resurrection. I don't want to just know Him. I want to know who He is. I want to see His heart. Because the power of His resurrection was the very heart of God. And when he said, when he said I want to see him, I want to know Him, and I want to know the power of His resurrection, he was saying, I want all the grace and peace multiplied to me because I want to know the very heart of the Father. Amen? And when we know that, we put ourselves on a whole other level of giving, of loving, of being. Amen? Because everywhere we go, we become like God. Right? Look at Colossians 3. It's still talking about walking in the flesh, Colossians 3, 7. But it's talking about the way we talk about it. NIV. 3, 7. 
Colossians 3, 7. It says, you used to walk in. So that's what I say. They say, David, who'd you, who'd you, how would you used to have done it? You got mad at them? No, I used to walk in those ways. Amen. I don't walk in those ways anymore. That was the life I once lived. See, we need to think about it just that way. I don't do that anymore. That's the life I once lived. Oh, but I'm just a teenager. You know, I should be able to live and have fun. No. Die now and you'll save yourself a whole bunch of trouble. And I mean, don't mean die in the flesh. I mean, let, let that old man go. Right? All those things that you thought would be fun, they're only keeping you from the grace that God has for your life to do more stuff. All you're going to miss out on is good stuff that God had for you to do. Amen? Glory to God. It's, it's the life you once lived. Go on. Verse 8. But now you must rid yourself. This, these are the things of the flesh. Anger. You know, everybody thinks of the things of the flesh and they think of all the actions. No, he, he deals with all the things that cause the actions. <laughs> the flesh is not the action. It's the thing you allow in to cause the action. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. From your lips, we get rid of all this. We, we rid ourselves of it. That's the life we once lived. Anybody, nobody in here lives this life, right? This isn't even sobering. This is really good, guys. This is good news. Everybody smile. It's good news. This was the life we once lived. Verse 9, Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self. What's he saying? He's he, taken off your old self. Not just don't lie. No malice. No anger. No rage. No, none of these things should be... Why? Because the old self, you've, took, you've taken it off. Right? And you've put on the new man. What's the new man? The new man is the one that's created in the, the image and the knowledge of its creator. Right? And you put on the new man. Glory to God. And as we put on this... Actually, that was the verse. I just read it. Look at that. It says in verse 10, it says, and have put on the new self. The new self, which is being renewed. In other words, it's being made new every day. It's being renewed. It's a new self being renewed. In other words, not only are you new, tomorrow you'll be newer. You're, not, you're no longer going backwards. The old man, death, goes backwards. The new man, life, always goes forwards. It's new and it's getting newer. Every day, you're walking and you're gaining more light and you're gaining more knowledge and you're walking in more grace and you're walking in more love and you're doing more things for the kingdom of God and you're making a difference everywhere you go. Why? Because you're new today and you'll be newer tomorrow. Amen? Why? Because you're renewed. Why? In the knowledge and the image. What? Knowledge of who and what He is in His heart and His image being just like Him. Not only do I have the heart of God, I act like Him. Amen. Glory to God. Anybody want to act like God? Amen. We can do this. It says if we'll walk in the Spirit, we won't satisfy the lust of the flesh, which goes right back to where I began. We don't spend enough time walking in the Spirit. We're too satisfied with status quo. When we wake up in the morning, we need to say, Flesh... Go away. Spirit, come to play. Amen? And we need to believe God for every moment of that day. There's not a moment of that day where you can say, well, you know, I'm just going to flesh out. I am tired of this. And see, we've got too many people that are willing to flesh out. Jesus lost every person in His congregation in one moment in John 6. And they fleshed out. Why? They, I just can't understand this. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. This is too hard for me. Let's get away. They fought. Why? Because they were only fought. They had no commitment to Jesus. They had no understanding or knowledge of God. They were following signs and wonders. Right? As long as he was healing everybody and it was all happy dancing. Right? That's when people like to come to church when they go doing all the happy dancing and, and everything's boy, when they hear a sermon about you gotta get right. Well, I'm not going back to that church tells me I'm not right. Guess what? I'm not right. But I'm being renewed every day in the image and the knowledge of my Creator. And as new as I am today, I'm gonna be newer tomorrow. Glory to God. 
and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be satisfied with waking up grumpy and saying, "Well, it's just the way I woke up today. I'm gonna be grumpy today." No, grumpy is an act of the flesh. It is. Grumpy and mean are acts of the flesh. Sulky and sad, acts of the flesh. And guess what? You have the very nature of God to take care of that. Because in the nature of God is the true joy of God, is the true peace of God. And if we'll walk in the Spirit, the grumpy, mean, sad sack, they have to go. Right? Because you can't walk in the Spirit and say, I'm walking in the Spirit, but I'm sad. I'm walking in the Spirit, but I, I'm, I feel grumpy. No, you're confused. You're not walking in the Spirit. You're walking in the grumpy. Right? And through Christ, and through, uh, through Christ, we have the nature of God. We do not have to do that. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Do we need one more verse? No. No, we got them all. We got everything we needed today, right? Glory to God. It says, but it says, I'll give you one more in, in Romans thirteen fourteen. It says, put on. Put on. Yeah. That doesn't mean act. That means clothe yourself in. You know, a lot of people say that means act. Act like you're... No. Don't act like... Don't act. No. We're not making a movie here. No acting. Put it on. Clothe yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Clothe yourself in Him. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I say, yeah, you don't, you don't want to fulfill your lust. You'll be out there committing adultery. No, you'll be out there getting mad, being angry, having malice, doing slam. You'll be out there lying. Everybody looks at these things, so they, they only look at the bad sins. They've got their sin, sin leveler out. And oh, up here, adultery. Down here, oh, just a little lie. Guess where God puts them? Right there. Right there. Amen. And when he said the, when he called the flesh the lust of, he called them malice and anger and lying, falsehood. Right? <laughs> we don't have those. You don't have. You guys don't have to. Be, you guys can smile and say, "I got the nature of God. I don't do any of those things." Amen. Because here's what we're going to do: we're going to put on. Stand up with me.